Hey everyone, this is Olivia Velarich. And this is Chris Hepburn. And we are here with In Search of the Story for Gaming Historia. And today, what are we talking about, Chris? Multiple endings. Oh, yeah. And so when we were talking about putting this idea together, Chris mentioned a couple of games, but we both really like Dishonored, which uh, we have talked about in the past on In Search of the Story. So so let's talk. Multiple endings and Dishonored. <laughs> um, Chris, you, you want to you wanna kick things off or I can start talking if you want? Um, I'm going to start this off with a question. Sure, yeah. Kind of a dumb one, but I'm really curious what your answer is. Okay. Do you do you think Dishonored Two actually has multiple endings? No, but I think, like, like it will always end this. Wait, is this a quiz? Do you know the right answer? Is there a right answer to this? No, it's kind of more so how I view it. Most games like <clears throat> Dishonored Two's ending isn't multiple; it's procedural, cinematic. Yeah, so that's what I was gonna suggest. Like, I know. That Emily is always spoilers. Emily is always going to end up like reclaiming her throne, but it's a matter of the manner in which she does it. If that makes sense. Basically. Oh, and well, I said that in the sense of I obviously played as Emily the first time I played it, but like you uh, could think of it as Corvo will always win back the throne. You know. Yeah, uh, I got the. Th- I guess the three different outcomes for it. There's like three main outcomes, two from Corvo, one for Emily. There's but, um, two different ones for Corvo. Yes. What S- are they? Spoiler, complete spoiler. Skip ahead. If you haven't played the endings. So one ending for Corvo is he gets a throne, gives it back to Emily. He become he stays a Royal protector. The other one is, is he lets Emily stay encased in stone and takes the throne. What? No. Yes. Really? Yes. Does it give you a choice? Or, like, how do you... Yeah, at the ending, you can either go free Emily from the stone and it ends the game, or you just go sit on the throne and it ends the game. But Emily will always free her father? As far as I know... I only I only did the one playthrough with Emily, what? and then I did one playthrough with Corvo, and I noticed that there was a difference, so I did a quick save, got the one ending, reloaded, did the other ending. What? Oh my gosh. I highly doubt that they didn't include one of those for Emily. I'll have I to do some- I probably just overlooked it. I'll probably have to do some research into that, because that would be a whole nother issue, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. But, so did you- did you play the first time through as Corvo or Emily? I will Emily. answer your question with a question. I play through with Emily. And why Why did you choose to do that? Just out of curiosity. Um, well, when I watched all the trailers and found out that Emily was going to be in it, she looked fucking badass. Like her moves, what her abilities were, was really cool. And it was, I wanted to play someone different. I played the first game as Corvo. I had a new character to play as cool badass chick i picked the cool badass chick hell yeah i like that and i totally agree i thought the main thing was her like face mask (laughs) that she wore i was like damn she looks cool i'm actually looking to get one of those scarves because if you go on ebay you could find those exact scarves 
Really? I want one. They're like $15 on eBay. Oh my god. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, I got one for Watch Dogs. Controversial because everyone hates Watch Dogs, but I actually like the first <laughs> game. I only paid like $7 for it you, so. Oh, nice. And the scarf's actually really high quality and perfect for winter when you live up here in Canada. What is the weather like there in Canada right now? Currently pretty nice. In the winter, it's pretty damn cold. Uh, we've had days where it gets colder than the North Pole. Oh and I'm not God. even very far up north. Yeah. I'm like right across the lake. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm glad it's a nice day because it's pretty nice here as well. Very nice. But back, back to the multiple endings. Um, so you don't think that the choices you make really have an effect on the story while you're playing? Is that what you're saying? Like all those it, just like the three different endings, you can only choose those. Like you, you will only decide to do those endings like right in that moment. It's not like the choices you make throughout the game will really affect the story except for it being like, oh, they killed a lot of people versus like no one was killed. <laughs> basically that, yeah, because all your decisions up to that point in the game mean nothing when it comes to that final decision. When you come to that final decision, it's just pick one and you're done. There, There's nothing that you did beforehand that influences this. The only stuff that you did beforehand influences is the cinematic at the end of the game where mm -hmm. it's basically every 10 seconds just goes to like a different district did you save the district or who did you kill who did you save it does a little recap on it mm -hmm. and it's not that interesting it i okay you guys got like what 60 different endings because it's all procedural they're not really truly different endings it's just a cinematic if you were going to give me multiple endings maybe that final boss battle should have been held in a completely different location and played out differently that would have been a completely different ending did the developers like claim they had all those different endings or something uh i'm going to assume so because if you look at games like fallout or deus ex they also say they have multiple endings fallout's the same way it's just procedural it's a procedural cinematic uh after you finish like fallout 3 if you finish it and then just plays a cinematic saying if you were a, a jerk or a good person and different things you did along your journey uh deus ex what was it uh the one on the playstation 3 not mankind divided the other one whatever um you have a whole bunch of decisions you could play the game without killing anyone or kill everyone and when you get up to the very end spoiler there's three terminals and your any de determines what terminal you go to there their multiple ending was literally you can save it, go to a terminal, watch a cinematic, reload, go to the other terminal, watch a cinematic, reload, go to the other terminal, watch a cinematic. And they were all in the same room. These are multiple endings that people tell us are multiple endings. But they're, I don't see how they're multiple endings. They're just different cinematics that could be played out. That, yeah, sure, they end it, but they're not, they're not taking into account everything you did in the game. The story's not really going anywhere different up to that final moment. It's just, I don't know. It seems cheap. So you have an issue with these game titles saying there are multiple endings to a game where there's really not? Is that what you're saying? Basically, yeah. 
I mean, that's fair. I never really, I guess I never really got super worked up about it because I never really thought to like, oh, I'm going to save and like go back and see what other path I can take. Like, I, I guess I kind of view playing the game as like one continuous journey, you know? So whenever I get my outcome at the end, I'm kind of just like, huh, like, man, that was a really blank experience, you know, like thinking it, thinking of it as one whole thing, as opposed to like, I should go back and see which direction I should have gone. Cause usually when I think that way, I'm like, I'm just going to play it again, you know? Yeah, no, I totally get that. And if you play it again, it's going to be the exact same experience up until you pick your cinematic. Well, not the exact same experience. You mean in terms of story, it'll be the exact same experience? Basically, with the, with maybe some minor variations to like how characters act, but the story doesn't change drastically. It's still go, It's still going to follow the same story beats. It's still going to go to the same locations. None of them are really going to change. But I think that's really specific to these three games that you mentioned. Because there are other games that are vastly different that do have completely different endings. Like Nier Automata? Which I have uh, yet to I play. I don't know that game. Okay, so it's created... Oh, I forget his name. He's a dude that goes on stage and wears a giant moon for a head. Uh, alongside Platinum Games. And basically, when you beat the game the first time, when you play it through again, it's going to be from a different character's perspective. And the story's going to be a little bit shorter. You play through it again, it's going to be a little bit shorter, and it's going to be a continuation to the story. So every playthrough is literally different. That sounds like... That does sound like it has multiple endings. That's just like completely exactly. different games. Exactly. Well, that's a great example then. I I don't know it, but I was thinking of The Witcher. Um, Those I have not played. Oh. Yeah, I tried to play well, the first one and the controls just were not for me. Yeah, no, I've only played the third. Uh, the controls in the third were still very hard. But that's definitely a game that comes to mind whenever your choices will definitely take you on a completely different narrative thread. Um, like a main narrative thread. Then, But, but yeah, I, I didn't, (laughs) I didn't realize when you were like, Oh, I want to talk about multiple endings that like, (laughs) it was like, I don't like them. And then that's like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, no, it's not that I don't like them. It's, I don't like the execution that most companies, uh, use when they say they have multiple endings games like the witcher that actually the story and the progression changes throughout or like near automata where gameplay is different every time then that is truly a multiple ending but to give someone procedural cinematic is just cheap i thought you said you liked uh dishonored though oh i i love the game i just thought that their procedural cinematic at the end was just a cheap move and to say that they had multiple endings because to say you have multiple endings means you sell more copies gotcha that people will play it more times than once exactly in the vein of multiple endings what are some of your favorite games that have multiple endings other other than dishonored and the witcher 
I don't know. I guess a lot of the games that I play all the way through because they're so... Oh, well, I guess... I mean, I played The Council. That definitely has multiple endings. Um... Which one was that one again? That one rings a bell. Uh, it's, there's no combat. Uh, you're in the like 1800s playing as this like French, right. uh, young man and you you have to infiltrate a cult and it's all about like strategy and puzzle solving and it's really fun. Uh, Chris, the other Chris and I did a whole episode on it. Uh, I also wrote an article on it for Gaming Historia. I remember the other Chris going off about that. That yeah, one he really was ticked pissed him off. Uh, yeah, he was mad about Abraham Lincoln. Um, but yeah, that, that one definitely had multiple endings. That game was just unlike anything I've ever played before in terms of there's no combat, but it was still very very much kept you engaged and was really really fun like the voice acting was not so great but it was just one that even as much as I wanted to not like it I just kept returning to it and it constantly made you question like did I make the right choice like how did that affect everything that's gonna happen and I apparently like really fucked up my ending but there were at least three that I knew of for that first episode. And the second episode is out now and I'm supposed to be playing and reviewing that. And I just haven't had time. Oh, I know that feeling. Have you ever heard of a game called postmortem? One must die. Postmortem. One must die. Yes. No. So it's a steam game. It's $4 Canadian. It take you about an hour and a half, two hours to get through. It's got mixed reviews. I'm looking at it on Steam right now because I need mm-hmm. to find the name. But it's um, it literally takes you like an hour and a half to play through. You're, you're kind of like a detective or this person at a party. And you got to go through and talk to everyone. Because at this party, there's a crooked businessman. There's a serial killer. There's um, some other people. And this kind of takes place like, I guess, in the 1800s era early 1900s kind of when everything's starting to get industrialized sorry i remember you play as like a grim reaper so you got to go there figure out who's who talk to everyone and try to get like the crooked businessman to change his ways you got to figure out who the serial killer is you got to figure out what all these people are doing to the city to the people with the riots the protests and all these different things and like depending who you talk to and how you talk to them um it'll change what their character's like and then when you when you think there's someone that should be killed you can kill them whether they're the crooked businessman and you shut down a business which might bring make make people lose jobs but let small businesses grow or you might find out who the serial killer is and kill them and then at the end there is the procedural cinematic but it's only like an hour and a half but it tells you literally like because you didn't kill this person the serial killer lived and killed as many people this person's perspective changed and created 300 jobs. So it was really heavy on your choices. Mm. It was interesting for like an hour and a half, but again, it was just one of those procedural cinematics. Gotcha. Yeah. It seems like the stories that have a much 
wider array of actually varying storylines have much less mechanics, you know? Oh, very true. And I guess that's kind of just the nature of the game because it's like, do you need to focus on putting all of your time and energy and effort of your, like, developers or programmers into, like, building the mechanics of the game? Or do you want to put all your time and energy and effort into creating the story? Can you think of a... I guess the ones that we've already talked about are the best examples of, like, really, really great, intricate story and decent mechanics. I was going to say really good mechanics, but I know The Witcher is point of contention. Uh, just the first game was, like, all point and click, and uh, which is odd for me. I, I couldn't get into that one. Later, Witchers ended up introducing controllers and better gameplay, but I'm the kind of person that wants to play from the first to the end. Oh, I see. Okay, that's good to know. Uh, have you ever played the Nonary games? The what games? N- Nonary? Uh, it consists of 999, Virtual's Last Resort, and I forget what the newest one was. No, what are those? So, they're a visual novel game with uh, like the... Uh, yeah, okay, last one's the Zero Escape. So... They're visual novel games mixed with Room Escape. And uh, so it's kind of like a Saw situation where you're kidnapped by this evil little creature. And a whole bunch of people... So there's nine of you, sorry. So there's nine of you. You have, I think, nine days or nine hours or something to get out. Uh... What does 999 stand for again? One second, let me look this up. Oh, nine hours, nine persons, nine doors. That's right. So, <clears throat> it's a visual novel game with room escape and um, different decisions to make. There's uh, one person from Gaming Historia where Virtue's Last, Resor- Last, Re- Virtue's Last Reward is his favorite game. Reason being is it actually has a pyramid structure. You start at the very first scene... And then the story progresses through the pyramid depending on what decisions you make and who you trust, who you don't, what you do in the rooms and so forth. So you might make your way all the way up the pyramid and get a bad ending, but it hints at something for you to do later on. So when you're playing through the game again, when you get to like the room beforehand, there was a clue that was said by in the previous ending for you to write the wrong you did and get the ending just below. So say you go through room A, B, and C in that one. When you play through it again, starting at the base, you can go to completely different rooms, have a completely different story, and never see the rooms you were in the first time around. But all the endings kind of hint at getting you towards the one ending that is the true ending. And what is the true ending? I don't know. You would have to talk to uh, Kaylin Main from gaming historia because he's gone crazy with them all apparently that sounds kind of like until dawn did you ever play until dawn i started that i have not finished it ah yes well until dawn i think is another great example of high quality gameplay and mechanics and then a really great story with multiple endings and multiple choices to make i can't believe i didn't bring that up before yeah i can't believe i didn't think of it either 
Yeah, because it was, like, huge when it came out. You know, everyone was talking about, like, this is, like, groundbreaking and storytelling, you know. And it was kind of, right? I I hadn't played a game like that before. Well, at the time, wasn't it, like, one of the most cinematic gaming experiences you can get? Oh, yeah, definitely. How, how much impact do you think your decisions made in the game, though, when you played through it? Uh... I definitely know your decisions have the power to kill off a lot of characters. I'm not so sure how much in in like the big scene at the end. I, I'm not sure if there's actually oh, here we've found we might have found another one of the games that you're talking about. Like there's definitely multiple threads of the story but I kind of think eventually it all comes back to the same ending with the only differences being like who is being interviewed at the end of the game, AKA like who's still alive. Uh, okay. I had a, one of my friends play through it and he wanted everyone to live. So he mm-hmm. looked up a guide and figured out how to get all the collectibles and how, what decisions you have to choose to make everyone live. But, so he he just read a, a guide he didn't um yeah i mean i guess I that's he, one i think that's one way to do it he played through it one time and then he played through it again with a guide to make sure everyone lived to see that ending so he successfully got everyone to live through the use of a guide yeah and found all the collectibles because i know there are certain collectibles in the game that if you collect them all it tells you what the big evil person is and more backstory on them. And then I think it also has something to do with the ending along with another set of collectibles. So you're not just talking about the totems that you pick up. There's more stuff to pick up. Um, I know there's the totems. I think there was like newspaper clippings and stuff you could pick up about like the miners. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. If you pick them all up, it, it explains more about the Wendigo. But I don't think that – see, I I feel like when I – of course, I say this. Whenever I played through it, I think I did a pretty good job of picking all those up. But I don't know. I don't know what kind of impact it could have made. Oh, okay. But – I might be missing something because I definitely didn't pick up all the totems and I definitely didn't do as your friend did because I definitely had some people die. (laughs) Knowing me, I would too. Yeah. That was kind of tough. And there, you know, it's the, it's based on the classic horror story, like a jock and a nerd and a cheerleader, like those kind of, like stereotypes like go to a house for a weekend in the middle of nowhere (laughs) and so inherently they write the characters to fit those kinds of molds and so when you're playing it's like save jessica or like jump to safety and it's kind of like well she's been a jerk the entire game so i want to jump to safety but like in the scheme of the game i should probably save her you know (laughs) yeah exactly so that added a really fun layer of decision-making into the game because it's like, do I play in the sense that me as a person wants to like make my choices or do I play as like the hero trying to save everyone and trying to 
like, quote, do the right thing, you know? Yeah, fair enough. But, and yeah. I feel like that's how it is in a lot of those games where you have those decisions. Like, that's kind of how I played The Witcher. I was always kind of just like, ugh, I don't know what the right choice is, but I'm just going to answer instinctively, you know? Oh, no, I totally get that. That's how I play, like, Dishonored, Fallout, all of them. I always try mm-hmm. to I pick a character's, character style, and I just go with that all the way through. But then I hit points where I just kind of sit there for a minute. And I'm like, God damn it. Now you gave me a tough decision to make ponder <laughs> yeah. for a while. Yeah. So when you first played through Dishonored, did you play like stealth or just like kill everyone? Oh, I, I played through stealthy trying to not kill a single person. And did it work usually? God, no. I am horrible. It's, it's tough. Like, there were probably only, like, two entire levels that I, it, where it's, it doesn't it say something like, merciful, you killed no one. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Oh, my God, yeah. I remember the, the, fir- the first time I played through the game, I didn't really think twice about killing people. I was still in the mindset of, like, if I have to kill them, I'll kill them, but, like, I don't want to, and I was still trying to, like, learn the game, you know? But then once you start figuring out, like, it is in my interest story-wise to not kill anyone, and then it just makes the whole game that much harder because you're constantly thinking, like, okay, I can't be spotted, but I don't want to just have to kill someone because they notice me, or I'm just going to, like, knock this person out, but then I have to hide their body where no one will find it. Like, Oh, it's so challenging. uh, that's why I love Dishonored. It makes it forces you to be like super creative with your problem solving. Oh, I know. It's it it does such a good job at giving you tools and a world to just play with. Yes, with all the powers. Oh my god. And Who do you aw- think Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say it's awesome when once you beat the game and you play through it again, you get both Corvo's and Emily's powers. What? I didn't know you could do that. Yep. Oh my god. I know what I'm doing for the rest of the night tonight. <laughs> well, I, I, that was kind of leads me to my next question, which and he, this might either be an incredibly difficult question or an incredibly easy question. Which character do you think had the better powers? Oh. It depends what kind of gameplay style you want to go with. Cuz uh stealth. Emily. Really? Yeah. Ooh, do tell. <laughs> okay, so Emily had the shadow walk ability, the arm reach ability, so that meant she can grab people from a distance and pull them away. Um, most of her, I found most of her abilities were better suited for stealth and non-conflict, while Corvo was better suited for conflict and uh, more action. Like assault. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. See... I'm gonna, can I give you my answer? <laughs> oh, no doubt. No doubt. Um, cool. So I, I, as I said, played through as Emily the first time and I like loved all her powers and I definitely didn't get them all my first time playing through. But then I remember I always, for some reason, had a difficult time, even though you use far reach all the time where you can like, you know, like pull yourself through like distances or whatever. And I was reading a walkthrough, I think, and it was like, like 
Emily's far reach power compared to Corvo's blink. And then I like read what blink was and I was like, what the fuck? Like (laughs) he can literally just like teleport because I, I don't know. So then I played through his Corvo and when you aren't moving and you can like link together the different blinks, like it just, I don't know. Okay. Well now that I'm thinking about it, I guess they both have equally really versatile powers that are completely different and very useful for very different reasons. I guess it's but, also cause like depends on how you play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause like Emily's yeah. domino power is good either way. You just link up a bunch of people and sleep dart one of them. There you go. You knocked out a whole bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, this was something I was going to say before we started recording, but one thing that has always stuck with me after I played through Dishonored as Emily and then as Corvo, I constantly think about the different styles of play I took on playing as the different characters, because if there's a girl protagonist, I'm always going to play as her, like that's default. But like you said, like you're curious and you have another character to play as, so and I really love the story and I love the dynamics. So of course I'm going to try Corvo. And then I found when I was playing as Corvo, I was like so much more okay with like ruthlessly killing people. And that's something that stuck with me kind of thinking like, huh, like why, why is it that I felt that way? Did you ever notice anything like that playing as different characters? Hmm. I guess in a way, because did you play the first Dishonored by any chance? No, but I've I've watched playthroughs of it. Okay. Well, in the first Dishonored, it's a voiceless character. So that meant it's supposed to be you. In Dishonored 2, they gave voices to the characters. Emily, her character was a much nicer, more rebellious, but much nicer person than Corvo, who was more war-torn, down-to-earth. She's like, I don't want to deal with it. I'm just going to get rid of it. So... I guess you, you kind of get like subconsciously tuned to what the character wants. So like Emily probably isn't the most confrontational compared to Corvo. So when you're playing as Corvo and he's just like, I just don't want to deal with this. You guys all just screwed up with my daughter and you're just perfectly fine going around killing everything. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I'm trying to think of like some of the, the like, quotes that Corvo said when you're in like the different districts and stuff because he was from the wherever the first place is that Karnaka maybe is that where the the first place is that you show up and it's kind of like the slums and he's like oh I remember like running around here and like you know it's exactly as you said he's more just kind of like an old seasoned assassin essentially yeah and when Emily's walking around, she's always just like kind of minding her own business, I guess. Not that Corvo isn't minding his own business, but Corvo's just Corvo. Yeah, I didn't know he didn't have a voice in the first game. Yeah, he was voiceless. They never, they never even had a voice actor or anything like that. Like he didn't. Oh no! Ha- Everyone was voice acted except Corvo. Corvo had no dialogue whatsoever. Oh. 
the point of having a voiceless char- main character is to make you the voice of them. So you're supposed to interject your own thoughts and basically just be them. Because once you start giving a character a voice and dialogue, it stops being you and it starts being a character. Hmm. I guess I never really thought of it that way. But that makes sense. Like in games like Skyrim where you never talk, it's all about you making this character into exactly what you want it to be. Yeah, exactly. And like, as much as I like Fallout 4, Fallout New Vegas, Fallout 3, I found the choice system in Fallout 3 and New Vegas were better because he wasn't dialogued and it was just a, a list of different quotes you can do. But once they dialogued them, they had to reduce it to like four options per and it was usually like be a dick be a good guy be neutral or be one pertaining to the situation but when you looked at like fallout 3 you had like seven or eight different dialogue choices sometimes to choose from which gave you Mm. much more variety did you ever play mass effect no I have the collection. I have yet to play. You have the whole collection? Oh my god. It was gifted to me. I've never found time to actually dive into them though. Cuz I know oh, it's going to be man. a lot of time. Yeah, I've heard you have to invest hours into it. But yeah. I I neither have I. I've not played them. But I have obviously heard about them as everyone has and I also talked about them in a previous podcast, but there's another example from what I understand of a game with multiple endings. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not too sure how they handle it. I know my girlfriend loved the game and she was mad that she didn't get the certain relationship that she wanted and wanted to go back and do it the way she wanted because one character passed away in a first game and didn't carry over to the second or something like that. Oh. So she restarted and changed her decisions. But she must have had to play through, like, hours, right? See, that's the cool thing about the Mass Effect series is if you didn't play through the first or second game, uh, saying, like, the third, um, at the beginning of the game, it gives you cinematics of a summary of the previous game and lets you still make all those same choices at certain points. So you can keep the same decisions you had in a, in the first playthrough you had of, like, say, Mass Effect 1 going into Mass Effect 2, or you can change your decisions and change the outcome in that little cinematic at the beginning oh i see wow so she she didn't go back and change the choices she made while playing number three she changed the choices in the beginning is that do i have that right okay so she made all the (laughs) sorry i'm sorry (laughs) when she played through mass effect one she didn't get the ending she wanted. So when she started Mass Effect 2, in that opening cinematic, she made different decisions of what would have happened uh, in the first game. Okay, I got it, I got yeah. it. It's so a new player doesn't have to go and play the first one. They could just pick up number two, make the decisions they want, and just carry on with the story. Well, that's awful nice of them to not only not make you go back and buy their older games, but to give you the ability to set up the relationships in the manner in which you want them before you start playing the new game yeah exactly i thought that was really cool what yeah i've never heard of that before that's really cool have you ever played uh, any of the far cry games 
Oh yeah, I played Far Cry Three, and I I haven't played the new one though. Have you? Uh, I played Far Cry Two, and I haven't touched another one since. But okay. Funny thing is, with Far Cry Four, you could beat the game in fifteen minutes. What? Yes. How? So in Far Cry Four, to in the story, you're going back to your I believe it's an Eastern European country. You're going back there to spread your family's ashes. And the dictator that's completely destroying the country sits there and says, wait, wait 10 minutes. I got to go do something. When I come back, I'll take you to the spot so you could throw your family's ashes. Mm -hmm. If you literally sit there and wait the 10 minutes, he comes back, takes you and you spread your ashes and the game's over. Wait, what are you supposed, what, what do most people do then? They get up and go do something. And then that starts all the chaos of the, the rest of the 30 hour game. Oh, so, like, you're not supposed to, like, leave a, a certain room or something? I'm not sure how it works, but I know, like, I think something goes on and then the player gets to then go and, like, kill someone or does something. And then the main storyline kicks in where you're trying to free the country from this dictator. Mm-hmm. And you get into, like, all the crazy gunfights and everything. But, yeah, if you just sit there for 10 minutes, you get the other ending of you just you go with the dictator, spread the ashes, and the game's over. Or... Yeah. What? Oh my gosh. So there's like obviously some kind of like audio stimulation that would make you like get up and go investigate something. I would have to guess. Yeah, I, but, I would assume. But if you like got up and made a snack or something during that and actually waited the 15 minutes and just left it there, then you would have beaten the game on accident. Like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, exactly. I think. I think the scene is supposed to be uh, not the most welcoming where you're you're supposed to be in like a sense of danger. So you get up oh. when this guy leaves and you're like, screw this. I'm not sticking around. I think he's going to come back in with a gun and shoot me type of thing. Mm, I really I see, don't know. I see. Yeah. Can you think of any other games that are sort of like that, that have a false ending or like a weird premature ending like that? I guess any game where you die, technically, like you, you don't make it through the game. You just die. I, hmm. I'm, I honestly that'd be kind of a strange question. I'm actually not sure. All right, here's a question for you. Sure. What game franchise do you think would benefit from a multiple ending structure? Naughty Dog. <laughs> Uncharted. I mean, anything, in my opinion, nearly anything that comes out of Naughty Dog is going to be, like, super high-quality, well-written, well-designed, and really fun. So it's just kind of like a high-quality film studio, you know? And if they start making games that have multiple endings, I think it'll just draw in more, more players. I don't know if they'd ever want to do that. And for all I know, they might have games with multiple endings. I don't think I know their entire um, history, but what 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 do you think, though? Hmm. That's a good question. Does Borderlands have multiple endings? I thought so. Oh, no, I never finished the Borderlands game. Kind of... Uncharted... <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, I guess they're just Uncharted and The Last of Us. 
I do believe the infamous games also have multiple endings depending on your karma. Have you I ever played infamous? No. So they're kind of like a superhero simulator in a way. You play as a character. Um, it's different depending on what game. Uh, the first two was Cole. This last one was, I forget his name, but you get a specific power based on an element. And as you progress through the game, depending how you use the powers, determines your karma if you're good or bad. And that also then determines what powers you unlock. So if you're bad, you get more destructive, more harmful powers that can even hurt civilians. But if you play on the good karma side, you start getting more tactical powers or different things like that. That means you might not end up killing someone, but restrain them. And like one of them Mm. can be a power where you can't hurt civilians. And then gotcha. when you get to the end of the game, I believe the ending is supposed to be different depending on what karma you have. If you're a bad guy or a good guy and how people react to you. Huh, that sounds really... And you, did you say you've played these before? Yes, I beat all three of them. Oh. But it's which, uh, been a Which long time. direction, which path did you walk? Oh. Hmm. I think I did, I think I did two play fo- playthroughs of Infamous Two where I did one of each Karma. I believe Infamous Second Son. I went the good Karma playthrough. the 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 biggest problem with the Infamous series I found was once you went down the one side of a specific Karma route, it was too, it was very hard and time consuming to move over to the other side. Because usually they came with a trophy that. Oh, go to good karma and then switch it all the way over to bad karma. And it's just not worth it. It's too hard. Ah, I see. You you know, a big game that I feel like we didn't really touch on that has multiple endings is Grand Theft Auto V. I don't know why that one didn't come to my mind first. But that definitely had different endings. I never really got into grand theft auto 5 but i know that yeah depending on how you play the game it kind of gives you the psychiatric breakdown at the end no no like you legit there's three different endings oh really i didn't know that like characters can die yeah oh that's interesting yeah i full full disclosure i haven't made it to the end i lost interest but i've done research and learned that there are indeed multiple endings okay and you can choose to save characters or not save them okay but yeah i uh, i never played heavy rain all the way through but that that one was one as well oh that reminds me um so detroit becoming a human are yeah, you looking yeah, forward yeah. to that one? What'd you say? Are you looking forward to Detroit Become Human? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i not, like, following it very closely, but I'm definitely very curious to see what all the hullabaloo is about, see. considering they touch on some really sensitive subjects in the game. I'm interested to see how they do that. Same, same. It also looks to be pretty interesting on uh on like a uh decision basis 
because it looks more in depth than Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls, which I didn't mm. like Heavy Rain. I I tried it when there was a demo for it on the PS3, and it just it didn't really click for me. But be, uh, Detroit Become Human is looking really good, and I'm looking forward to that one coming out eventually. Yeah, I feel the same way about Heavy Rain. I didn't really connect with it that much. I also feel the same way about um, what's the other one with the, her with the tether and it's uh, the Beyond Two Souls. You just mentioned, yeah, Beyond Two Souls. Um, I didn't really connect with that one either, but I, I have a feeling that Detroit Become Human is also going to leave you feel feeling like kind of weird and unsettled, you know, because you, it's an AI that you play as, right? Yes. Oh, wait. Yeah. It's, it's going to raise a lot of weird questions, I think. Which I think is good about video games is that they can do that. And that's why I like video games. Is they can put a person in a specific role that they would never be in in life. And make them think of something completely different that they would never think about. Yeah, and then that experience is what sticks with you later. Yeah, exactly. Like, you, know? you can't get that experience from reading a book or watching a movie these experiences really can only be simulated with personal choice. And that's by having a simulated environment, which is a video game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you have to interact with it in order to, to experience that, that story exactly, and that perspective, like you were talking about. Yeah. I, we're on the same page. That's what I always talk about with video games. I'm like, it's all about getting the experience. Like you can't, progress forward without interacting with it that's what makes games so unique exactly and to circle back it's like that that's my problem with the procedural endings is life doesn't always end up in the same place no i make a decision today means i'm not going to go to the specific room a week later that's why i want to see more diverse endings in video games i don't want the last level to always be the same last level depending on no matter what my choices are if I make certain choices, I want the last level or the last two levels to be completely different because I've changed the story so drastically that it has to go down a different route. I completely agree. But I feel like that is a lot to ask of game designers, you know, who are focusing on telling just the one story. But maybe that's a really interesting, like, way of thinking about games as a medium because they're, like you were just saying, their whole structure is based on the choices that you make and so why is it that game designers are trying to tell stories in like a linear fashion like a movie you know it's kind of like take advantage of the non-linear aspects i guess exactly and having personally if i had multiple endings that took me to completely different places in a game i would play it over again to see the places i've missed already because that means there's content uh, i yeah. haven't played so it would be more incentive for me to play through because my playthrough would be completely different aside from my cinematic choices. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how, how until dawn was for me. Like I played through it once with a friend and we were like, Oh my God, like, I can't believe that that person died or we made that wrong choice or like, Oh, that was so stupid that we, you know, did whatever. And then we went back and played it through again. And it's exactly like you said, you, want to go back and find that content that you didn't see before because it's it's essentially like giving you a new experience again exactly 
I believe there wow. is supposed to be a game in the works where it's like that, where it's just, it doesn't really have a structured story. You just kind of play it and go through and somehow you get to the end. I don't know. I could be making that up for all I know. I can't remember. <laughs> I like the sound of it. You should probably write it down and copyright it. <laughs> As Chris Kerval says, copyright it. Yes. It's on our episode. Call us. We'll make it. We'll write it. Or you make it. We'll write it for you. <laughs> Very Chris of you, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> I think I think that's a pretty good ending point, don't you? Sure. All right. So, as always, we have to close a podcast. So, I would like to say thank you on behalf of Gaming Historia, myself, and Olivia. Thank you for listening, downloading, and be sure to follow us at GamingHistoria.com. Anything you want to say? Just thanks for listening, and... We'll catch you next week. Yes. Be sure to tune in. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you. Oops. Sorry. Thank you.